0: My people, my people, it is time for the hashtag Racing Family Show. Look forward to hearing from y'all, being here with y'all, just nothing but loving y'all. Oh my goodness, talk about quick like a bunny. Simon Pagino, I've just invited you to speak. We were just texting like 30 seconds ago. Good Lord, man, You know, we don't mess around. Hopefully he will accept that little request to speak and let's see who christopher wheeler come on now we have the christopher wheeler here well i gotta invite him to be my co-host then i'm gonna send pagino another request to speak look for that to pop up there uh mr c and uh hopefully we'll have our man jr hildebrand and uh my other man william theodore ribs here shortly mr wheeler I'm going to go ahead and mute myself cuz the floor is all yours.
1: Well, what an honor Mr. Pruitt uh, on this beautiful Monday evening and for the first time in the calendar year of 2022 I can say it was a beautiful day here in Indianapolis. I think we got to 83 degrees, sun's out, not a cloud in the sky. The uh ground's finally drying up so maybe I can cut my grass for the first time in a week. You know, dogs are snoring around me and it's just it's great to be here, man. How uh How are you?
0: I'm super well. I'm cranking on content, trying to get a lot of retro features ready for the Indy 500 More race week stuff maybe. But yeah, this is the time of year where I try and generate a lot of stuff that I won't have time to do, either from a lack of time during the day or just a lack of mental clarity. So that's how I use this time. Hey, Pagino, I'm going to send you another, your fourth request, invite to speak. Just accept it or request to speak on your end. And then we'll get you in here and we can hear your beautiful tones because I know uh, you got 27 minutes before you got to put that son of yours to bed. And I already told you I'm not going to be responsible for you showing up to IMS with a black eye because Haley punched you because you were on your idiot buddy's Twitter spaces show. So, Chris. We have our hashtag Racing Family Show here. It's brought to us by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and Toronto Uh, How was your weekend? Tell me things.
1: Yeah, man, it was chill. I had a large portion of the team over Saturday night, kicked back, relaxed, used the barbecue a little bit, had some cervezas, and just gave, gave a large part of the group that was available to come hang out an opportunity to... It's kind of relaxed before it gets crazy, right? You know, I mean, the next, people think, oh, the next few weeks. But uh, the reality is it's going to be like the next, next I don't know, four months kind of just run
0: together. And so. I think Simon you know, just, just fell off the top of his house, by the way, if that was I'm that
2: here. sound. Uh, no. You okay? It's my son. Marley, qu'est-ce que tu fais? Hey. <laughs> He's driving his Did race car, guys. It's bad. It's really bad.
1: This takes me back it's bad. to the 2013-2014 uh, period, maybe even 2015-ish, on those summer trips hopping to Bourdais Motorhome when Alex, Seb's son, was was a, was a little man. <laughs> and literally, at the time, I could have quoted what I'm pretty confident in English meant Alex stopped being such a pain in the ass. Um, but it was delivered in French about 40 times a day.
0: <laughs> and you knew it cause you heard it all the time just with Chris instead of Alex. So, yeah, exactly. well, you know, so yes. while we are waiting for our man, Willie T ribs, while we're waiting for J. Oh, hey, Holy cow. He's here. Hold on. We're adding my man, my brother, who we William Theodore ribs. Say hello to everybody. Say hello to Simon Pagano. The, uh, the racing family is, is officially here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, well, it's
0: uh,
3: all in the family. Guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Willie <laughs> T,
1: welcome, my man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How
3: are you? How's the
1: family? Everybody's great. Everybody is phenomenal. Just, uh, you know, nothing like turning on the television and seeing old buddy Willie T up there talking to all these superstars.
3: Well, they, they were uh, some fun young men to have fun with. Uh, no matter what their name is. So why don't we start here,
0: guys? So I wanted to have the two of you on to talk about Miami. Both of you were there last weekend. Uh, Simon, uh, the Sky TV folks apparently don't know who you are because they walked right past you on the grid. Um, Maybe we'll talk about some more fun stuff on the grid here in a moment. But uh, Willie T, you told me that you were there doing the shaking hands and kissing babies routine and then, to your surprise, someone said, "Oh, by the way, do you want to be in front of like f- three billion people and interview the the podium of uh, the race winner and podium finishers?" Uh, and then I yelled at you for trying to take my job, like, "Come on, man, what are you doing? Uh, you don't take it from me."
3: Well, it, it was you ever it was like a blind date, and I, uh, I got into uh, Miami on Wednesday. And we hit the ground running on Thursday with you know appearances with the mayor and uh, and Lewis and I did a gig together on Thursday with uh, Formula One kids and then more interviews. Well, I think it was Saturday evening, and uh, Formula One comes up to me and says, "Look, you know, we really like that gig you did in in uh, Texas that opening." And would you mind, um, interviewing the drivers? I said, when They said, after the race. And they said, I you mean when they get out of the car? And they said, Oh yes. I said, well, I, I'm not scripted to do that. I mean, I'm, you know, I, <laughs> you know how I roll. And they said, yes. And that's why we want you to do it. So, um, we did it and it was, uh, yeah, we, uh, A a lot of people called me afterwards and texted me and said, we never seen Verstappen smile or laugh after a race. Well, (laughs) he he did this time.
0: And what about, uh, you were getting some grief on social media for, uh, uh, I I believe, anyone who's not from America officially gets mad if an American does not refer to uh, Mr. LeClaire as Charles. You... Uh, of course, being you, you give everybody nicknames. I won't tell you the ones you've given me cause that's a HR speed dial problem right there. But, uh, your buddy Chuck, uh, it seems like you came up with a lot of fun nicknames. <laughs> I don't know if the drivers are accustomed to the person interviewing them, not fawning over them or treating them like gods. If anything, I think they're afraid you might bust them in the
3: nose if they weren't respectful. Well, you know, I like him. I like the kid. and. uh if I like you, you're going to get a good nickname. And if I don't like you, you're going to get a nickname too. <laughs> so, um, you know, when he came up, I said, Hey, here's Charles. Chuck. Leclerc. And boy, uh, a few people went into a tailspin, their butt got hurt about it. And, you know, look, if that, if, if that hurts your butt, you better, you better, get you better get some leather on it. Cause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait or later. Yeah. So, just, uh, just so
0: I can share with folks, this is the absolute normal conversation Willie T and I have on a weekly basis about whatever, just minus uh, a few, um, I don't know, Me Too moments, um, all kinds of moments. But anyways, yeah, you give yeah, me people and, you a know, hard time. And
3: really, the, uh, uh, Marshall, the only name that Chuck wants to be called is world champion that's the only name he wants. So uh you know we're going to um you know there it, there's always going to be respect cuz I really like him personally and uh and you know all three of those young men up there uh from uh Carluce to uh to Chuck to Max Maximum, right? All good boys and all fun to talk to and uh Max was the best because when I told him, uh, Muhammad Ali said to me, uh, "When you're champ, Christmas Day is every day, and uh, Merry Christmas." Oh, he loved that one.
0: That was the best. Let's welcome in our pal Jared Hildebrand as well, uh, Mr. Hildebrand. Did you get to watch the Formula One race and Simon as well? Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to hear any of Willie T's uh, victory lane interviews, but uh, they were pretty amazing.
4: Yeah, man, I'm. um I'm happy for you guys just to keep keep uh, going on here for a little bit. This is fun listening to Willie T. What's up, Willie? Good to hear What's you, man.
3: Going on, Jr. going
4: gonna see you out at, out at Indy this year.
3: I don't believe I'm gonna be there. Um, uh, I might be in Monte Carlo.
4: Ah, all right. <laughs> We'll, right. we'll let we'll let we'll let you pass. We'll
2: give you a pass <laughs> on that one for
3: this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, I won't
2: let you pass on that one. No,
3: no, no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh Five hundred or
2: bust, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I I I wanna be there to see you win it again. Actually, <laughs> uh both of you are in the five hundred this year, right? Yeah. You got it. Dang. Okay, well I you know, I can't cheat on either one of you. You know, I, you know, I got both both my partners on the phone, so um, you know, I I, uh, I I can't say anything. Well, I mean, I can't wait
2: for the nickname. Can't wait. But oh, oh
3: okay, <laughs> uh, okay, Monsieur. <laughs> huh? That's good. I like that, monsieur. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. No, I uh, I'll, I'll have I'll have something for you both. Okay. What and it'll you be have good. Name? Huh? Colorado? Pardon me?
2: Is J.R.S. Colorado?
3: Oh no. <laughs> no. No, it's go- it-, it could be more uh it, it might have a-, a sexual connotation to it, right? So
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, <geez>. Yes. <laughs> Just made gonna, my day,
4: man.
0: That's, he's going to paint that on the side of his helmet if we're not clear. If we're not careful, man. Uh, the,
4: with AJ, right? We can get something else put on the side of the car.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Simon, why don't you uh, give us give us some tales about what you uh, what you saw, what you heard? Tell us about Miami. I mean, it looked amazing just from the outside. What was it like from the inside?
2: Uh, highlight of my weekend is I met Michael Douglas. Um, Michael Douglas. So I called my mom right away because she's a big fan. That was pretty cool. Um, That was my highlight of the weekend. I did not even see Sky Sports, so I don't know what you're talking about on that. And uh, I thought it was awesome, quite frankly. I had the best time. First of all, (laughs) going to the racetrack with no anxiety, no stress, that was uh, special. Uh, in the morning, it felt quite nice, but, um, I honestly thought it was a great, I mean, the racing. Okay. I love IndyCar racing to me is better. Um, but the, um, the way that it, Formula One puts the event together, I loved, I thought that was awesome and I was glad to be there.
0: So I believe as well. Simon, you got a chance to get some up-close look at the cars. Uh, any thoughts on this new formula and what you saw on the grid there, at least? I know that I would have been taking a trillion photos if possible, but we're hopefully not too many years away from getting a new Indy car. Did um, you see anything in the grid where you're like, ooh, I'm going to take that back and mention that to Roger next time I see him? Maybe we need to think about doing this or that with our cars.
2: Well, man, it's 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 so different honestly uh but the first thing is sexy (laughs) super sexy i i was blown away you know the proportion that you get on tv is is so different um but you know you know me i love the, the aerodynamics and um i i got up close with the ferrari and uh man i looked underneath i looked on the side i almost could touch it it was awesome and uh but car these cars are really sexy they just have they're really long they're really wide um and I, and I really like the shape of the cars it's it's, it's really cool to see um yeah but just you know the sound is pretty cool you can hear the west gates it's, it's pretty cool um and they have a lot of power now what can I take to roger I don't know but I think I uh, still think our our racing product is is amazing uh but certainly the formula One cars are that just so much
3: more advanced. It, it's a completely different sport. So. Yes. Yeah. And and it's so advanced, uh, Marshall, that they got bodyguards around those cars now. I mean, they when they when they uh, 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 open the garage, uh, there's security, and uh, they are real serious about. Um playing it close to the vest it's really uh, 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 become that competitive uh, uh, and I enjoy that, and you know the show itself, I mean when you get the former first lady, uh, Michelle Obama, not just come one day, she was there two days, she was there for qualifying and she was there for the race, not to mention. You know, Air Jordan and and uh, Brady and and of course Michael Douglas. I mean, you know, it was uh yeah. Uh, David Beckham. In fact, uh, it was they were in. David Beckham was in uh, my suite, and, and uh, um, it was. You knew it was a, an event. It wasn't a race. It was an event, and you know, just what Simon just mentioned. It's. Uh, it's a world happening now.
1: So you talk about being able to get close to, um, you know, Simon, Jr. the, the only Indy 500 since 06 that I've been able to hang out on the grid was I think 19. And I was, I was nervous. Like I had anxiety on the front stretch of the grid of the Indy 500 because of the amount of people around the cars and how accessible the car was. Like it's almost go time here. We're getting ready to lock in for the greatest race ever, and some guy with a beer could easily trip over his untied shoe and take out your front wing. Like so, Simon, seeing the seeing the security there in Miami compared to what happens at Indy, man, what do you think?
2: Well, I was surprised. Um, you know, I, I had the chance to go to uh, to other Grand Prix before, and and it wasn't as crowded as this one. This one, just like Willie T said, it was an event, and you had. All the celebrities surrounded by their bodyguard tackling you through the grid. I actually got, me and my friend, we got tackled by Tom Brady's uh, (laughs) bodyguards. It was impressive. But um, you could get really close to the car. I mean, honestly, I could have touched the front wing of the Ferrari. um, And I thought that was really cool. I thought, you know, the access to me is getting... um, uh, I, I thought the access was getting better than it used to be uh, for Formula One, but they managed to keep it so rare and so inaccessible that you know everybody is kind of a, it's kind of a mystery and it's attractive in a way. Um, it's quite surprising what uh, what they're doing with the with it.
0: Simon, quick question for you: Of all the things you have driven, have you ever tested a Formula One car? Because I know, obviously, Willie T has. And JR, a lot of folks forget that you tested for uh, Force India uh, back in the day as well. So I'm wondering if all three of our guests have at least one F1 test under their belts.
2: I, I don't, and uh, <laughs> I'm sad about it. I, you know, I uh, I never had the chance. I did have a chance with Renault after winning uh, India '19. They invited me to um, to come and do a test, which which would have been super cool. Um, it was more a promotional event because Renault has been such a, such a part of um, the beginning of my career. Uh, and they wanted to gift me that, which would have been f- super cool for me as a gift. Um, and uh, But, you know, uh, I have some friends. Frederic Vassar at Alfa Romeo is a good friend. We talked this weekend. Uh, I, I saw Bruno Famin, who's running uh, the engine department at Alpine. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the future? But I, I do hope I'll get a chance someday. I just want to experiment one of those cars just to just to see what it's like. Um, you know, I think my future is clear. It's an Indy car, but uh, I uh, I would love to try one of those cars.
0: we got to make that happen for sure. Mr. Wheeler, should we invite some of our dear listeners to uh, uh, ask a few questions? We also need to get some Details from Mr. Hildebrand about this new quadruple patriotic uh, livery on his number 11 A.J. Foyt Racing Chevy and the honestly one of the coolest uh, programs we're going to hear about during the month of May and trying to uh, make amazing things happen for veterans as well.
1: Absolutely, Marshall. I think it's time. And in fact, uh, Adam Corley is already requested. So we're going to add him in here. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i so pumped about how JR's card looks. I think, I mean, you and I talked this morning, Marshall, and as soon as we talked about the show tonight, it was like, oh, yeah, we need JR, because that thing looks amazing. But we'll save that for a minute. Adam, welcome to the show. The floor is yours.
6: Hello. Gosh, I've been put on the spot here. I had, I kind of speculatively put a uh, request in, didn't I? think I'll get accepted, but here I am. Um I must admit, when I was watching the race at the weekend and I thought, this isn't the best race I've ever seen in Formula 1. But then, I was, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, actually, IndyCar would be really good on this track. Like They'd put on a really good show. So I thought it was a bit of a shame. I thought the uh, the track was uh, it's a bit silly and it was a bit out there, but it would have worked in IndyCar more than it worked in F1, I think. But yeah, that's my view.
0: What do you think, Simon? Simon or Jr. or Willie T? Uh, what do you think? I don't think they're going to keep the track up all year. But uh, what, any thoughts about whether IndyCar might uh, be good around the joint?
2: Well, yeah, man, personally, I I thought it was cool. Honestly, <laughs> sorry to be against you there, but I I thought the the DRS zone helped for for the for the racing. Um, unfortunately, the Red Bull was too fast on the straightaway versus the Ferrari. Otherwise. We would have had an amazing show i think um maybe they can move the drs zone to help the racing indeed but i i thought the, i thought the layout was cool um nothing wrong with it in my opinion and i think indica would be totally fine around it it's quite tight you know that mini mouse section is quite tight but um it's no margin for error which is personally something i i love so to me uh to me, the layout was no issue. And, and quite frankly, I don't think the crowd cared about, about the layout. Uh, that was my opinion.
3: Well, I got to tell you, a month ago, might have been a little bit more, a phone One had me down uh, to meet with the mayor of uh, Miami Gardens, and CEO of the Dolphins, and we went around uh, the track on a golf cart. And that, that section, which... Uh, it looks like a rattlesnake and i called it i nicknamed it the rattlesnake section because that's what i live in texas we got them everywhere and that's how they look they're all wound up and uh and coming on to that long uh one mile straight it was i just thought this was going to be a great drafting zone in here and and then through the uh uh, at the end of the uh, end, end of the back straight to come back, make that left and come back onto the onto the pit straight. I mean, they're they were they were laying the lumber down through there, and I think the average speed. Correct me if I'm wrong. 140 miles an hour. That's pretty damn quick uh, for a so-called street course, and Las Vegas—they're <laughs> talking about average speeds of 180. That's so, you know, I, you know, people like to see speed. I think the only, the, the most difficult part of the track to me was, uh, it, it ate tires like, uh, a kid eating popcorn at the movies. It was just, uh, I mean, they were running hard. They tried mediums and mediums, uh, were, 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 uh, were, were, as they call degrading. Oh yeah. It Look, looked like cheese on a grater. Right. So they had to go to Hards and and stay on Hards. So uh I, I think it was it was a great strategy for the teams to figure out okay, what time are we gonna go to Hards and are we gonna go back to Hards on a stop? And uh and Adrian knew he's just such a great engineer. The guy, in my opinion, is the greatest engineer in Formula One history. He just keeps his 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 uh prowess for, for achieving mecha- mechanical grip, and and then be able and have enough trim to get down the straightaway uh, as fast as they're going, you know you can't. Uh, and they got more horsepower. They got some grunt now. Speaking of
0: grunt, Jr., you've got, you're going to have Chevrolet's finest behind you. Before we get to that, though, tell folks about the livery that was unveiled today. And what it is you're going to be doing during the month of May here to try and raise some dollars for a truly amazing cause?
4: Yeah, man, um, we're working. So it's it's sort of sponsored. The sponsorship is sponsored by ABC Supply Co., which is obviously you know a long long time standing or longtime partner of uh, AJ Foyt Racing, um, and they're they're sort of honoring the charity Homes for Our Troops which basically goes in so they I mean they've they've served you know thousands of uh, of veterans that are dealing with any, sort of any variety of uh, whether it's amputation or um you know just disabilities of of all sorts getting homes outfitted and sort of retrofitted for them to be able to you know, live a, live a normal life. And, um, I, I think the, the coolest thing in learning about this charity is all of the other things that they do beyond that. You know, it's, you, you hear a lot of stuff like this, you know, oh, you know they're going to, they're going to go in they're going to spend a couple of days putting in you know wheelchair ramps and doing this kind of stuff. No, this is like providing an entire home that's totally sorted. They're all like two bedroom. They're they're super super nice houses. Um, we're we're trying to actually go see some of them before we get out there in the month of May, just to just to kind of check. The, so I can have a chance to check the whole thing out in in its full scope. Um, but it's everything from financial planning, um, planning out, helping them map out their education. Um, family planning, all, you know, there's all kinds of things. It goes down the list. Like it's it's not just one of these things. You know, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of uh, programs for veterans, and and more often than not, they're they're just top tier organization. I've go, going back to um, you know my National Guard days, but this one in particular, just getting to learn a little bit about it already, um, and, and speaking some of the, some of the folks who are a part of it. Just really cool to see the the sort of cradle to grave, um, you know, top to bottom commitment that they're making to uh, to troops and and make in their families to make sure that um, you know they're they're given the life they they deserve once they come back, particularly if they've been injured injured um, you know in the field. So um, a, a really cool organization to work with, and they're going to be matching. I think dollar for dollar up to a million dollars donations that are made as a part of uh, this sponsorship program over the course of the month. So uh, just, you know, I, I think it's, it's not infrequent that charity stuff is, is a part of what we do at the track, but um, it, it's rare in my, in my opinion, that it says kind of deeply embedded as this program is, which is really
0: cool. It's phenomenal. I think I read they've built 330 homes so far. So that in and of itself tells us the money being donated is indeed being put towards uh, exactly what the cause is meant to be. Uh, Simon, I know we need to let you go here in a couple minutes to put your son to bed. So uh, before we let you go here, let's talk about this weekend's GMR Grand Prix. Let's talk about momentum. I know that Barber wasn't as friendly to you at the last race as you'd hoped it would be, but give us an idea, your thoughts about your Meyer Shank racing team, that number 60 Honda of yours. What's the mindset going into the road course race, having two days, quote, off, and then going right into Indy practice? Is it a challenge to not have your head continually fast-forwarding to Tuesday opening day of Super Speedway practice?
2: Uh, yeah, it's a it's a good point. We talked with Garrett, my my engineer today, and uh, we did jump to Indy five hundred. <laughs> and I said, Garrett, usually you only like to talk about one race at a time. So uh, we 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 at the end, went back to the TMR Grand Prix. It's you know, it's one of my favorite tracks, one of my favorite events. Also, um, I've, I've had so much success there, um, and I'm really excited about the car and the potential that we have as a team. So every races we've gotten better every races we've improved our process our strategies um myself within the team and communicating with everybody uh and it's a process you know it's uh it would have been crazy to think we were going to win the first four races um and we have to be patient and reasonable with um goals and expectations so you know there's a lot of adjustment there and um i'm pretty i am pretty excited because what I'm seeing is the performance uh the speed um, is there, and when we're gonna put it all together it's gonna it's gonna be very uh very interesting but uh, yeah, it just takes time and um I think of all the tracks after four races, I feel like we have that momentum, we have the chemistry with everyone, and most importantly, everybody's having a lot of fun. And you know when you're having fun it's usually uh, it's usually fast. So um I look forward to it the the most uh stressful part is how cramped up the schedule is on uh Saturday and uh, getting everything right on that day uh for qualifying is going to be extremely difficult but uh I have no doubt we can do it.
0: Let me keep you for one more second to ask about that qualifying adjustment this year, right? right. You and everyone else, in theory, will be making at least one strong run for quote poll to be able to have an opportunity to go for poll on Sunday. If things go well, uh, you could be in the fast 12 and again in the fast six. Any thoughts, brother, on having to potentially hang it out uh, so many times uh, to try and transfer through and transfer through? And JR, I'll ask you the same thing once uh, Simon's done.
2: Yeah, you know what's uh, difficult, uh, Marshall, is um, when you do several runs with the cars these days, they go slower and slower and slower every time you go out. Uh, so it's super difficult to take that risk. It's just uh, the nature of spec heat, racing.
0: Heat soak? Is that heat just soak, the heat soak? Exactly,
2: landing? yeah. The heat soak just burns horsepower. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's it's you've got to pick the right time of the day to go out if you want to have a chance for pull. Um, some of it is outside factors because, you know, it starts with the drawing process uh, of your your time on track. Uh, and that really starts there because it sets your cadence um, throughout the first day of qualifying. If you qualify 10th on day one, um, you obviously don't have as much chances to get the pole as the guy that's second on the first day because of your order on track next day. Um, so if you're tense, will you try again? Uh, because you have, you would, you know, you've tried to, to get the pole. I, I think for sure this format allows you to be taking more risk. Yes.
3: Simon, let me ask you a question. Uh, does that also apply, uh, on the speed weight? Uh, the more you run, the slower you'll get. Well, that's that's what we, I was talking about. I was co- talking about. I should I should have said it, but
2: I was talking about qualifying at Indianapolis at the speedway, um, okay. because it's such you know it's spec racing. All the cars are so close to each other. So a degree, a few degrees of temperature in the plenum uh, has a big effect on the horsepower. And um, I think it's something that's quite a bit different than what it used to be, uh, because the cars are so close to each other these days.
1: Well, buddy, thank you for joining us. I don't want to piss off your wife. Um, yes, yeah, you don't want to piss off my wife. No, I, 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 I tread as lightly as I can on that one. I, <laughs> I need to have my friend to hang out with and have a cocktail after a day at the Speedway. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go.
2: I appreciate but, it. Um, my, job, my job is wake him up in the morning, put him to bed at night, and I love it. So um, sorry for leaving you guys because this is great. Uh, I really enjoy it and uh, can't wait to see you guys at the Speedway. Have fun, buddy. We'll see you in a few days. Thank you. Thank you.
0: What about you, JR? Uh, your thoughts? And granted, I see all this, Willie T, cause knowing that if we're talking your very famous story about qualifying for the Indy 500 in 1991, I think you made 327 qualifying attempts. So it might be a little cute to talk about, hey, any thoughts on having to maybe run three times to go for pole? But uh, it is a change, JR. What comes to mind about this uh, new qualifying process?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, for this year, um, you know, we're obviously hoping that that, uh, you know, Chevy's bringing the heat and uh, we, you know, we know that they've made some considerable improvement just, you know, over the course of this year, the guys have been talking about it racing and race out. So huge kudos to those guys, just in terms of the work that they've done over the off season, there's so little to be gained with the engines these days so for them to make you know for them to make any kind of like really noticeable improvement this you know we're like 10 years it feels like we're we're yeah we're, we are 10 years
0: into this engine formula right um and so, yeah this is uh we're now into year 11 believe it or not yeah.
4: and so um you know we, we obviously see how that that sort of shakes out at at aj foot racing i think
0: you know we were
4: if If the power units are sort of equal, if the engines are are equal I, we we think we're probably right on the cusp of that you know being able to maybe get into the top twelve, so the fact that it's extended from nine to twelve actually is a big part of i think the the benefit that that we see um I've been in a position you know for more often than not over the last couple of years. Of just trying, you know, it went from being at ECR and you're you know we were the only couple of Chevys, I think in the top nine or or two out of the two out of the three Chevys in the top nine um, in 2017. So we were you know obviously in that window of trying to get into the top nine and and then fight it out for the first couple of rows once you're there. I've been on the other end of that spectrum with late qualifying draws in the heat of the day and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting all the way until the end of the day. When I was at dry and Ryan Rheinbold a couple of years ago, I mean, we, it was like, you know, crazy hot by the time we went out, you know, we had completely lost the track. Um, you know, that's the other interesting thing Simon talked about, you know, the plenum temps and you a know, part of it also is just the, the cold fuel that's in the car. When you, when the cars are cold and they go through the, Um, tech line the first time in the morning you get cold fuel in it and doesn't immediately warm back up because the engines are cold like everything in that part of the car is also still cold at that point so between that and the air intake you know the intake plenum being you know just stone cold ambient air temperature at that point you know that's that's a couple of degrees of rear wing worth of horsepower basically um as compared to just going out and making a run again later on if for whatever reason because of the qualifying order or track you know whatever wherever you're at cloud cover track temp wind whatever it is if you can't make good on your first qualifying run that's a huge disadvantage so um this is kind of like some some random things but i've been on both sides of that <laughs> fence. Uh, in terms of in terms of how you're looking at what you're trying to achieve that day and I gotta say I think in a general sense the the format that we've got these days with the fast lane and the slow lane and all of this stuff it feels it feels pretty good like it feels like okay you know you got to go out you know your best shot at ripping your you know four laps is going to be the first time you go out but you also kind of know in the back of your mind that if you don't quite squeeze everything out of it, at least you're going to get another, you can get another shot at it later in the day, um, and that you can kind of choose how you want to address that, or you know, or sort of approach that risk. Do I want to keep my time and just give it another go? You, know, you see a lot of the cars, I feel like that are kind of right on the bubble of the you know top nine in the past are usually in that in that sort of category, Um, you know, but it's, it's been exciting right down to the wire uh, for the last several years. So I'm, you know, I'm always a fan of kind of mixing things up and trying new things. I think they've, this, this, I think seems like a maybe a better way of guaranteeing some action on TV, uh, which we all know is a big part of, uh, you know, kind of the, the formula here, particularly on Sunday, you want to make sure that there's, uh you know there's enough enough action going on on sunday to to make it exciting and the elimination style format is definitely i think has definitely been been something that works
0: hey abby why don't you go ahead and unmute yourself and the floor is yours here on the good old hashtag racing family show
7: hi marshall it's been a while since we've spoken it's nice to chat with you again you too uh, thank you so much for having me on. And Christopher, I think this is the first time we're meeting. Hello. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, wanted to come on and first say thank you to Mr. Willard. T. for such a fantastic coverage yesterday. We really like that you called him Chuck. He is Chuck. <laughs> uh, if he can't deal with it, that's his problem.
3: Oh, uh, Chuck liked it. Chuck <laughs> he liked didn't. it. It was just some of his fans <laughs> that thought it was a a bit, uh, no pun intended, cheesy.
7: No, uh, and that's what America is for. If you cannot put up with what America is all about, don't watch it, is what we're going to say. But I wanted to come on and I have two quick questions. One's for Mr. Willard Hereups first. Uh, you've taken on as the role of this ambassador for Formula One this year which is fantastic and you were uh, a mutual friend of mine has talked about your work Tanya Hampton about the work that you did with the Miami Gardens community uh, where do you think let's, like, let's talk about women in motorsports uh, and especially all people of color mo- motorsports outside Miami what are you seeing inside in F1 at the work that's going on
3: well there that- F1 kids. Uh, when I went to Miami and uh, met with the mayor, I went and met with the F- Formula One kids as well. Formula One is 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 heavily involved in that, and they've got their name on it and they put their brand on it, and you know, uh, involving the kids in the STEM program, right? So we might not ever see another Lewis Hamilton for a hundred years, maybe longer i mean not just in terms of a driver of color of 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 that of
7: his caliber too
3: uh yeah that's what i'm yeah i'm going to that uh his, uh, his caliber his talent straight across the board i mean a driver period might not see for 100 years uh of lewis of ha- uh, hamilton's uh, caliber so um Right now, there's some drivers and there's, you know, the kids program, as far as engineers are concerned, uh, and STEM is going to go forward. That, you're going to see more, um, more involvement with, uh, especially in the next five to ten years, you're going to see more kids of color involved with teams, not just from the engineering and mechanical side, but even the marketing side. There's some drivers now that are coming along. One by the name of Miles Rowe and Ernie Francis Jr. They're probably the two top prospects that could move forward um, as far as uh, drivers of color on the track. So it's just it's not easy to find, and but Formula One and its and its partners are are actively. Uh, um looking and uh and I'm out with them. Willie T, I just wanna throw in
0: a little bit of of truth here and, and Abby floors is yours uh again in just one sec. But I just thought it'd be valuable to add, and this is something you and I, Mr. ribs have spent, I don't know, twenty hours, fifty hours talking about. Back when back in middle of 2020 when IndyCar was thinking about what they ultimately came up with. They're thinking about something they needed to do in the space of creating, uh, diversity promotion, something ended up calling it the race for equality and change. And you were meant to be a part of that. And I say this with all due respect to IndyCar, but man, they shit the bed because they had the opportunity to bring a legend person who has been a pioneer, a person who has never stopped fighting to try and create a more balanced and representative world in motor racing. And for reasons I think you and I know the answers. We're probably not going to uncork those today, but uh, that The organization behind this, they reached out to you multiple times, wanted to have you involved. We've both spoken with them, uh, helped Will Power get Miles Rowe to Roger Penske. You and I both, within 24 hours of each other, in a coordinated attempt, brought Ernie Francis Jr.'s name to Roger Penske, who didn't know him, got to meet him, is now part of that. All these are great things for Miles Rowe. Ernie Francis Jr. I, it still saddens me, though, since I think most of the world looks at you as the Indy 500 pioneer, that Formula One has said, oh, well, you guys aren't actually going to do something with Willie. Let's sign him up. So I'm happy for you that you're doing great things on behalf of Formula One, but I will admit I'm a little salty in the fact that our home domestic championship, the one that you and I love and grew up wanting to be a part of, for reasons I can't fully explain, has uh, pooped the bed uh, and not embraced you the way they should.
3: Well, you know, I've always been uh, a matter of fact uh, about my career. You know, what hap- what's going to happen happens. You know, um, it's like, you know, you go out on a date and the date only lasts once because the girl didn't like you. <laughs> so, so no more date. And, you know, uh, IMS, uh, Roger and I talked. I think uh, Doug Bowles and I talked about it, and I thought we were going to uh, um, get engaged. (laughs) Well, the ring didn't show up. So that's okay. Uh, Formula One uh, reached out and said, uh, We like you. And uh, would you? Uh, get married to us? I said I do.
0: I really hope your wife isn't
3: listening because you're gonna get your butt whooped. She uh, loves it. She, all right, she does. She, she—that's she, the, the only person I can cheat on. <laughs> you're, falling a, you're falling apart on me, but uh, it's
0: actually perfectly accurate. Abby, uh, what else? Uh, how about our man Jerry Hildebrand? Any questions for Yeah, you? a big player cool. in the STEM world.
7: Exactly. That was my second question is for him. Uh, it's so nice to talk to you, JR. I know you do a lot of mobility work out on the West Coast, and I've worked in Silicon Valley, <laughs> Valley myself. I work for a consulting firm, McKinsey, I, I think you know a couple of my colleagues in the mobility world as well. So I really want to know more about the work that you're doing out uh, in the field of autonomous vehicles, and how are you merging that with your experience in motorsports?
4: Yeah, that's a, it's an awesome question. Um, so I've, I've worked or I've, I guess, sort of, uh, officially been an adjunct lecturer at Stanford for, with the revs program for about five, like five or six years now. Um, since, since the pandemic, it's been a lot, you know, I've had a lot less involvement there just because, uh, you know, of reasons I'm sure you can imagine, but, um, the, at the sort of height of, my my involvement with them a few years ago um it was really all around just kind of so they've they've got the revs at the revs program at stanford they have three or four graduate level autonomous vehicle Mm -hmm. programs and they're all sort of fringe stuff so they've got you may have seen marty the electric autonomously drifting delorean um you've got uh The uh, uh, Shelly is uh, named after Michel Mouton, the famous uh, rally driver, uh, is a track car, an Audi TTS. It's now a Volkswagen Golf R that rips hot laps. Um, So I was initially brought in basically just to be sort of a, a human data generator to compare these autonomous vehicles against. And that quickly morphed into... Uh, you know, a sort of much deeper discussion about what are the fundamental differences between the way a high-performing human does these things and the way an autonomous vehicle is programmed to do them? And sort of what can we, what might those teams be able to learn about how they continue to develop the thinking around autonomous vehicle, you know, programming and sort of, you know, the the software language side of what's going on to to maybe adapt better to things the way a human would because the thing that was really the thing that was without going into like a crazy long story about it the thing that's actually really interesting about you know say going and running hot laps against an autonomous vehicle that's designed to do the same thing is you know when you think about a lot of little things that you're paying attention to at the racetrack. Okay. The braking point, how hard am I hitting the brakes? What line am I driving? The autonomous vehicle actually has mechanisms to optimize those things much more specifically than I do. Like it has military grade GPS. It knows exactly where it is in the racetrack. It knows exactly what it's doing at all times. It's running like, it's running an algorithm to figure out what the optimal racing line is. And yet, as a human driver, I'm still a little faster than it. Um, because I just sort of treat everything with like a little fuzzy edge around it. Like as a human, I'm still a little better at just consuming a lot of complicated information and sort of synthesizing it and prioritizing it really quickly. And so, um, that, just that experience, you know, more so honestly, like the students and teachers being in the car while I was driving it and them kind of being like, how are you You know, you're doing something a little different every lap. Like, how are you figuring this out? Um, that was really what spurred a a deeper involvement in those programs. Um, so it's, it's been super fun. I can't say that. I, I feel like besides, besides it, it, it also making me aware of kind of what are some of the shortcomings maybe that you know are are, like is there a way that i can get a little better at doing some of the things that the autonomous vehicle program like can do um you know it definitely was a little bit of a reality check for as like a a, you know a a, a highly you know as, as like more of an adaptive human thinker like okay maybe i maybe i could be a little more like aware of some of this stuff Um, I can't say that I've brought that heavily into like the motorsports world in any particular way, but, um, you know, these, these areas just in terms of the technology that you're seeing are definitely colliding and, and you see a lot of it in, at the moment we're seeing a lot, a lot more of that overlap in simulation and sort of that side of things. Not, Not necessarily what the drivers are actually doing on the track, but, um, Yeah, I mean, just a fascinating kind of new frontier of technology in the automotive space. And uh, it's just super interesting to be able to be involved in it at this still very early stage.
7: No, I absolutely love that. Thank you for that so detailed overview. I've got really quick two closing lines here. First is you should write a book, AI versus man who wins. I think it's the <laughs> So I think I've given you your book title.
5: Okay.
4: I'm ready. Thank you. <laughs> the,
7: the second is I do work in, and I completely agree with all of that. I do work in mobility and I'm starting to do some other sports work, uh, uh, professionally as well. And I do think both are two sides of the same coin. That's how I think. And I've got too many thoughts. I'll DM you and I would love to pick your brain more, but thank you so much Marshall and Christopher for giving me the opportunity to come on and, Mr. Warrior Taylor Ribs, thank you so much again for the gift you are to the motorsports community.
3: Thank you for those words. Thank you. Look at that. You're a
0: gift. I love that. You're usually a pain in the ass, but hey, we'll call you a gift today. Hey, JR, before
1: we get off the AI thing, have you ever played, you don't strike me as a big gamer, but have you played Trackmania on your PC? I have not. I have not played
4: Trackmania, no.
1: So Rosenquist and a group of us play Trackmania a lot. It's a it's very simple, basic game. With you, it's a racing game with your keyboard. It's you okay. burst the track. And we just watched a video a couple weeks ago that we found it where a guy took about 500 hours and tried with AI software to train the AI to master the Trackmania track we were on. <laughs> and after 500 hours of training the AI software through all of Hello? the equations, it. Uh, he was the ai was still a second slower than the human wow and it was mind-blowing to me because i was three seconds off felix so
3: so so artificial intelligence right yeah I've, i've never i've never looked for artificial intelligence i've always always looked for will for ignorance to win
0: hey are we, are we doing dad jokes now, really? Come on, man! I'm here, I'm just here. for the
1: dad jokes. Yeah. I, like
0: Willie, I like Willie here just to keep
3: everyone, keep us all happy. Yeah, again,
1: all right. I, I, couldn't I couldn't
3: resist. I couldn't resist.
1: I just added it to my list, Marshall. When I win the lottery, I'm hiring Willie T just to hang out and commentate.
0: Oh my gosh! No, we'll see that. That's the thing. Uh, I think willful only...
1: ignorance
4: should definitely be like the next, uh, you know, a Kentucky Derby horse's name. <laughs>
3: Uh, here hey, we you know go. what? That's a great idea.
1: I bet you Foyt's got one that's
0: getting real ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one alone right there. Hey, uh, Peter Croft, why don't you go ahead and uh, unmute yourself. We always uh, say thanks to you. Peter is a uh, volunteer track worker, one of the uh, crucial folks who makes our uh, our beloved sport possible by his and the volunteerism of So many amazing men and women, not only here in North America, but wherever your motor racing is held, it's folks like Peter on the corners, on communications, on emergency response, making our sport possible.
6: Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Good evening, Mr. Hildebrand. Good evening, Mr. Ribs. Uh, Question for all of you, and and Marshall and and Chris, you're welcome to chime in with your thoughts on this. Uh, Miami this weekend there were a whole lot of gimmicks and, and tricks and, and bells and whistles and whatever going on between, you know, the kickoff party. And, uh, you know, you had James Corden down there filming some things with, uh, with the McLaren team and, you know, the whole uh, police escort to the podium and the Pirelli helmets and, and the fake Marina, or as I like to call it, Fonaco. Um, are you afraid that you know F one got a little too uh, went overboard on on uh, all of the 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 side side stuff, or are you like me and you know a whole bunch of fans uh, of the sport need to follow uh, Sergeant Hulk's advice from Stripes and uh, lighten up, Francis? Well, I mean, obviously, I wasn't there.
1: Uh, The only one in the room left that was was Willie. Um, But I mean, my only thoughts on it are if that's what we're getting out of Miami, and I spent a lot of time in Miami, I can't wait to see what they pull out for Vegas.
0: I hear you, Peter. Would just say that of whatever complaints I might have heard coming out of Miami 24 hours ago, uh, too much was not one of the issues, so maybe for diehard fans it might have seemed like it was over the top but i would say if i am an event promoter doing something where f1 at least has never been there have been tons of imsa street races back in the day willie t good lord uh, uh palm palm beach west palm beach tampa Here, there, you name it. I mean, street racing in Florida is basically was an institution. But if we're kicking off F1 for the first time in a street stadium racing type environment, uh, I say you do every single thing possible. There's no such thing as too much when you're trying to launch. Do we need all of this in year two, year three? Again, among the diehard fans, maybe not. But they're not trying to appeal to diehards. They know they're turning up it's trying to get everyone else bought in and aware that something big is happening here um so I would just say from a strategic standpoint, they absolutely nailed it
3: my marsha, I gotta tell you, you know, I was down here like I said over a month ago and watching it all come together, and they sort of gave me a list of how what and and the the Dolphin CEO uh Tom Garfinkel, uh he and uh, Ross and and Hard Rock, they got together and they said, We want to make this an experience. And that's what they told me. They said the racing is a given. Okay. The drivers, their job is to put on a show. That's the final act. But when we get people in here, we want them to have a great time. We don't want them to sit in bleachers uh the whole time uh like lobsters in the sun uh because uh, it was hotter, uh it was hotter than Little Sister down there. And uh that that don't that wasn't meant to be anything. It was an old country joke. Anyway, um uh, a country saying, but they they knew that they were going to have these entertainers coming, including, like I said, the first lady, uh, Michelle Obama, and then Tom Brady, and then, and, and then every movie stars, and, and, and they need to be entertained as well, and, those, and they want people to spend money, and, and it was a big ticket item down there.
0: They, were, was, char- they were trying to charge $120 for some hats, Willie?
3: Yes, 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 yes. I, I it was inaugural, Hats. inaugural. Every everything first costs more money. First dates cost more money.
0: This is turning into a, the Willie T Ribs dating
3: show. Hour. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Good lord! But I'm 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 I'm, I'm just trying to uh, give metaphor examples of of every first year. even even the Long Beach Grand Prix. Remember when Formula One came, Marshall. It was it was expensive everything was expensive um, and then you know as they start getting getting the bills paid off things get cheaper but they spent a ton they spent a ton of money down there crazy to get that uh, to get it looking the way they wanted it and it was impressive it was impressive just to walk around was like being at uh being at Mardi Gras um and of course you know the race was the final act and uh and you can't predict a race on how good it's going to be just like you can't predict a super bowl on how good it's going to be some end up better than others and that's the same with auto racing whether it's Indy 500 or formula 1 but um the entertainment side of it i thought was was well done and um, i was uh, I'm uh, really happy
0: with it. Need to uh, let our man, Mr. Hildebrand, go here. JR, if you're still connected, want do you tell folks where they can not only follow you throughout the month of May, but also if they want to join you in your effort and the team's effort to help raise some pretty amazing money. Tell folks where uh, how they can take part.
4: Yeah, I think the best way to do it, actually, is just to head over to the AJ Foyt Racing Twitter, Instagram, it, the links are in their bio. So that's like a super easy way just to, to get connected. Um, I'll have all of that stuff fired up once we get to the Speedway and get out there. So um, definitely just follow us on on all the social channels and, and keep an eye out for it. Car is going to be hard to miss. So that's that's going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's great to be on here. Willie, great to uh, share our spaces with you. I hope we run into each other sooner than later. And uh Indy, yeah. Indy owes you. Hey, that, that place doesn't doesn't know anybody, but yeah, so I'm going back because that's uh <laughs> that's what it's all about. So yeah, well they you uh back on track.
3: I wanna see I wanna see you I wanna see you go across the finish line first and uh uh you deserve it.
1: Thanks, man. That's no, much appreciated. Hey Jr. Before you leave, uh I just need to know are you a large is that your cheap t-shirt size?
0: Dude, Wheeler, I, you can just go to all kinds of yeah. hell right about now. No,
1: I got to make, the, I got to get my final order in here. So I'm, I'm just, I'm going to hang up on you right People now. People don't know what I'm he's leaving talking before
0: to. I
4: answer. Bye. You so know, large
0: we, we got to almost the end of the show, and I thought hey, JR and I were all settled. No. And <laughs> until
1: I get this photo on the front stretch of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, nobody's off the hook.
0: So, Hildebrand and I, Bay Area guys, San Francisco Giants fans, etc. Uh, we bet Wheeler from and Southern Kimble. California and Kimball. But anyways, uh, you two Dodger fans. Yeah, we, we, we uh, agreed to a bet uh, thinking that our Giants were going to beat your Dodgers uh, last year. And they didn't. So we have lost a bet in Wheeler because he's p- from the bad part of California Keeps bringing this up, but anyways, we'll deal with that. Uh, Hey, Mister Wheeler, while we uh, start to ramp things down here, why don't we ask our pal Lauren Wong to unmute himself? He has a cool question for the cool Mister William Theodore Ribs.
8: Thanks, Marshall and Christopher.
1: Even though I'm from the bad part of California, bad, bad. (laughs) He's a Dodgers and USC. I mean, the only reason his profile got approved, well.
8: I, I named my son Clayton, but I'm an Angel fan, and uh, my wife's a Dodger fan. But uh, anyway, uh, with JR, I was gonna tell him he is the 2011 winner in my heart and mind. But uh, Willie, I'm a big Al Jr. fan, and I would love to know how you guys are such great friends. I mean, I, I see all these posts of you guys pousing around and would love to know how that friendship developed and how you guys maintain it and just everything about that Really great friendship you guys have.
3: Thank you. Well, Al and I first met at Long Beach in 1982, and we were both running the Formula Atlantic cars down there. And we were the, we were the prelim event uh, for the Formula One race, and that's when we met. And then the next year, uh, we both got hired by Dan Gurney to run the Daytona 24-hour in the Toyota the GTUs, yeah, yeah, the Celica. Celica, yeah, Celica GTUs. Well, as it turned out, <clears throat> uh, by oh, I'd say six hours into the race, all the gearboxes were gone. We we went through, we were changing gearboxes like every hour. And so we ran out of gearboxes because they were pretty weak, right? So, um, hell, uh, you know, all we had was a box full of neutrals. Uh, And so we, Al and I got in the car and went back to the hotel and had dinner and uh, just uh, hung out. And throughout the years, we'd see each other. Um, He went on to IndyCar. Uh, I went on to Trans Am and then IMSA and uh and then then I went to IndyCars, Cars and then we sort of hung out again and then when his when my IndyCar career was over uh in 94 he was I think he raced till 98 uh, if I believe what well, Marshall helped me with that I thought
0: it was actually, yeah, more mid to late uh, 2000s, but it was just kind of doing one-offs
3: at Indy. But if we're talking full-time, yeah, it was tapered
0: tapered down just as we got into the
3: 2000s. So, um, then we reconnected again um, in 2014. Uh, Tony Perella put on a pro-am race, uh, and he had uh, myself and Paul Tracy and Al Jr., and and Elysio Salazar and Davy Jones, and he had a, a, a quite a list of former Indy drivers that uh, raced in it, and now, you know, 2014 was our first uh, uh, race again uh, together, uh, or against each other, and he won the race, and Salazar was second, and I was third, so we were up on the podium, and when we were up on the podium, we said, hey, let's, Hey, we're older now. Uh, things have slowed down. Let's have some fun. And uh, we ended up um, really hanging out and spending time and talking. I mean, there's, there's times when I, Al and I will talk two or three times in one day. Uh, uh, but I, I love him like a little brother. He's a good human being. He's just got a heart of gold. And uh, and I I'll always have his back. And uh, you know, Uncle Bobby was the same way. Of all the old school, older generation drivers, I would say Uncle Bobby uh, had my back like none other. And of course, Dan Gurney, being that I raced for him, but
7: um,
3: yeah, uh, Al's just special to me.
1: You, uh, you didn't, you didn't hit the. You did not hit the nail on the head with that one there, Willie. Uh, Little Al's, I think, generally just a special person to a lot of people. Anybody who's ever got the chance to interact with him. My first hero of motorsports.
3: He's, uh, um, and and uh, when, we're, when we're out together, he's just, there's, I've been around some pretty strong individuals in my lifetime. Muhammad Ali was probably the strongest. I mean, he's. He's worldwide Al, He could walk anywhere in the world and someone's going to know him and uh, uh, he uh, uh, how he was good with people Al jr was the same way Al is the same way he's just uh, and 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 he's really he can he can wheel and deal too he can get into the boardroom and he'll have those guys eaten out of the palm of his hand like pigeons. <laughs> great to watch.
1: (laughs) Sorry there, Marshall, my stupid mute button. I keep hitting it, and I don't know if I'm hitting it sideways or wrong, or the screen case on my phone is failing me, but uh, a little struggle bus today. Lauren, great question. Thank you for that. Uh, Two questions remaining here on the evening. GKS, you tried last week. You couldn't unmute yourself when you needed to. Are you here? GKS, don't do this to me again. Oh, GKS, going once. Going twice. Man, Marshall, I don't know what to do about GKS. But uh, regardless, our old friend, Bernard, the weather's breaking. The sun's coming out. Have you got your kayak yet?
5: Uh, No, no kayak yet. But, uh.
0: We're going to keep asking as long as it's in your bio. I mean, it's so that
5: kayak's we're like tri- years off. I, I have to like graduate college and get a house before I'm going to have room to store the thing. That's
1: the main <sighs> They make them inflatable now. Yeah. That could
0: be your first house. Come
1: on.
5: Yeah. But I mean, the weather up in Wisconsin is beautiful. Today I was outside and it was the first day I walked outside with my uh, Wisconsin like couple sweatshirts on and whatnot. And I walked to cook took a couple steps and realized that this is going to be too warm. That was the first time since maybe August.
1: You know, Wisconsin, you got to be careful when the weather breaks because, you know, if you're lucky, you'll get summer on a Saturday. You don't want to have summer on a Tuesday.
5: The problem with Wisconsin weather is, like, it gets nice and then the thunderstorm comes and it drops, like, to 40 degrees and meh for a week until the next thunderstorm brings the temperature up.
1: (laughs) Copy that. Well, The floor is yours here. Final question of the night going to our old friend Bernard. So
5: uh, watching the uh, Kentucky Derby, a big part of that is like the odds and the betting and whatnot. Does like IndyCar have any plans to get like into that? Because sports betting is really big and especially, I mean, there's an internet show run by the Colts' former punter out of Indianapolis that's pretty big in gambling and has a massive audience that I think could help benefit the 500 if they were to try and work with him.
1: You know, I, I've i got to be careful how I answer this because I don't think I'm allowed to gamble in motorsports, um, but I do know that there there are a few sites that do it. I mean, I think Barstool does it, MGM, uh, your FanDuel, your basic big ones. Um, I know the, the Pat Max show you're talking about. I love Pat McAfee. Um, You know, he dabbled with the IndyCar stuff, but he wasn't where he is now. Um, I don't think he was into the betting as much, um, but I, I agree. I think it's a big market. I know there's. There's a lot of people on on social media um, that have their own stuff that you can kind of follow along with. But, you know, I think it's just, Marshall, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the the tradition, traditional path here of, of of IndyCar specifically when it comes to emerging topics, right? Whether it's the CBD was the first one. Now it's, you know, everybody's legalizing this or that. I think it's still so strict on where you can and can't do online betting. And I have a feeling it's one of the reasons why IndyCar is still not, not that it's saying no to it, but it's just not really pushing it.
0: I mean, Wheeler and I get a good dice game going in Gasoline Alley every now and then, but that's uh, <laughs> that's about the only cash trading hands that I know of. But Bernard, I mean, you raise a great point. i If there's money to be made by IndyCar... I absolutely expect this to become incorporated into IndyCar in a bigger and more meaningful way by my former colleague, dear pal, uh, co-pilot, etc., Robin Miller, uh, self-professed degenerate gambler. All he did was push for IndyCar to and IMS to really get involved there. Uh, so I think it's something to watch for sure, but... There aren't a lot of things that the modern era IndyCar does that is just simply for the sake of doing it. There has to be under the Penske entertainment ownership, a true business reason. If there is profit to be generated, they are certainly going to listen, if not, take it very seriously. If it's just a cool thing that fans would like, that might not pass all the filters uh, that they tend to put in place. So well, Mr. Wheeler, why don't we uh why don't you take us home uh, but do so by bringing in our our dear friend Mr. Ribs giving him the uh the final say before you uh take us to the good old finale.
1: That's it. Willie
3: T, you get the closing thoughts of the evening, my friend. Well, thanks for the invite and uh more to follow. Uh hopefully we'll uh have an another, uh, another nickname for you.
1: You know, I'm always happy when I can get a Willie T nickname.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck is king right now. Thank you for joining us, brother. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's always been fun, Marshall. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we didn't really let it go. We, we held it close to the vest and, uh, the next, next show, uh, I want everybody to have a beer, maybe some wine and, and we're going to really turn it on. That's also going to be the final episode of the family <laughs> show, but damn it, uh,
0: before the authorities show up and take you and me and Wheeler away, we're going to burn it down properly. So I love that idea.
3: All right. Well, thanks for having me.
1: Well. On behalf of, of course, our great guest, Mr. Pagano, Jerry Hildebrand, and the world-renowned Willie T. Ribs, our show is now going to come to a close, and I'm going to keep it very simple and short this evening because, well, honestly, because the show went too long and I've got things I've got to get done. So I'm just going to quote one of the greatest showmen, P.T. Barnum. No one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. Just because we're seeing things in our sport that might be new, seeing things that might be different, doesn't mean that they're being done wrong. Until we explore the edges of what's possible, nothing is impossible. So take that. As always, look to the ones you care about. Look to the ones you love. Share those thoughts with them. Put your arm around them. Have a beer with them. For my esteemed co-host, Marshall Pruitt, I've been Chris Wheeler. We want to thank you for joining us on this beautiful Monday evening, wherever you may be. And until next time, we'll
7: see you soon.